Amen. Welcome. Welcome those of you who are joining us online. My name is Jason Dunbar. I am the youth and young adult pastor here at Woburn Baptist. And as you can tell, uh, this is WKU Sunday. Of course, it looks different than it usually does. Everything looks different right now, doesn't it? Um, but we just want to welcome our students back to campus. We want to welcome our students back to all the schools. I know a lot of them are starting back. Some differently, some in person, some at home, some, you know, kind of both. So um, I know it's going to be a challenging year, so we just really want to pour into you guys and encourage you guys. But um, I know we've kind of prayed in, in song just a, just a moment ago, but I just want to pray for our students as they begin. So uh, if you would just join with me in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to just receive your blessings, God. And I pray that each student, whether it's at Western or any college that, that is hearing my voice right now, Lord, I pray that you just bless them. I pray for just peace. I pray for safety in this, in this unknown time. Lord, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them. I pray for a great year. I pray for the, the nervousness and uncertainty to just kind of uh, fade away as, the, as you wrap your arms around them, God. I pray for students who have started locally in schools and in, in, in our county and the counties surrounding us, God. I pray for them as well, that they just feel your presence. I know there's some fear. I know there's some just uh, trepidation in this un, unknown time, Lord. So I pray that you just wrap your arms around them, their parents, their family, God. We just give them to you. We give you all the glory and all the praise, God. We love you. And we ask these things in your son's name. Amen. So I'm not Tim, if you can tell. Um, so Tim is, is away on vacation. So he, we're starting a sermon series, or he's starting a sermon series. And uh, this would be his first sermon. So I'm going to start it out for him. He can come back next week and clean it up. Um, but the sermon series is called Relationship Goals. And really the idea is we're just looking at the, the process of relationships. And, you know, from everywhere from singleness, you know, dating, engaged, married, and, and, and on and on. And, and not just the couple relationship, but also just, you know, the idea of friendships and acquaintances and all these different types of relationships. And the idea is that, you know, while everybody is probably in a different season, you know, you're not all dating, you're not all married. And so we tend to want to kind of just kind of clock out, okay, he's talking about marriage right now, I'm not married, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in next week. Um, but really the principles that are going to be discussed over the next several weeks are, are things you could apply to all the relationships, uh, specifically, of course, couple relationships, but you really, your friendships, your, your relationships with your children and your parents, all of these things. So um, I'm talking about dating tonight, so if you're not in that realm, don't, don't tune out, don't fall asleep just yet. Uh, just hang on to some of these principles, because like I said, these can be really applied to other relationships. Uh, a lot of you know me and maybe know my story, but let me just share a little bit about um, my wife and myself. We, we have been married for 10 years this past May. We celebrated our 10th anniversary in quarantine, <laughs> like the rest of the world. And, and we had plans, you know, 10th anniversary, we had plans to do something maybe exciting, maybe go on a trip. But of course, that was just taken care of by um, all the things that happened. So our 10th anniversary back this past May, we, uh, my sister came in for that one evening and she um, watched the girls. And so we took the minivan, you know, we were really being cool, and we took the minivan and went to town and ordered some food and got it and took it back to the van, and we just sat and ate our food in the van. It was really a romantic, you know, I really, <laughs> I really set the bar high, but I'm hoping that maybe we can make up, you know, have, a, have some kind of a, a makeup anniversary at some point when things kind of level out. But like I said, we've been married for 10 years, and um, we met, it's kind of an interesting story, I guess, but 
she's, she's outside helping with the youth, kind of covering for me, so I can tell the story however. Um, you, you can get her version later, but listen, mine's the real one. This is really how it happened. So I was already a youth and worship pastor at this church, and we, were, we had been without a pastor for about 18 months, and we were finally at the point we were about to call a pastor, and um, you know, we were at that weekend, we were preparing for the weekend where he would come and get to know everybody and preach, and we would vote. And I knew he had a daughter, and I knew he had a son, but I didn't know anything about them. I didn't, hadn't met them. I didn't know them. So I was out. We were preparing, you know, for, for their arrival. And so I was out doing something in the, in, the, in the parking lot, trying to look busy, like I was really doing something productive. But um, I was out there, and then this car pulls up. They had their windows tinted, so I couldn't see in. But he rolls the windows down, and I see it's the pastor, and I could see his wife. And so we talked for a few minutes. I couldn't tell anybody in the back seat. But apparently his, his daughter was back there. And, and the story goes, when they pulled away, that she asked the question, who is that? And now she swears that the question was more like, who is that? But I am pretty sure she said, who is that? Um, so then began her pursuit of me and she chased me and chased me and kind of wore me down about 10 months later. Um, she was actually a student at Western and um, I sent her flowers. It was so romantic. I sent her flowers with a little note. says, will you be my girlfriend? Check yes or no. So sweet. Um, cue the Oz. Um, but yes, yeah, she, she said yes. And, and the rest is history. We, we, we began to date, of course. And that was, uh, that was fun. That was cute. But what wasn't cute was um, the, the walk across the hallway from my office to my boss's, a.k.a. her dad his office to ask permission to date his daughter. So um, that was, I was pacing my office for a week, trying to get up the nerve to walk across there. And suddenly my feet just took off. I don't even remember what happened, but I remember when I bust through his office door and asked him to date his daughter, there was an awkward silence of about 37 minutes, I think. And eventually he said it was okay. No, he was very gracious, but um, that's, that's the story of how we met. And of course, like I said, about a year later, we were engaged. And then a year later, we were married. And, and um, we are, you know, 10 years later, we're still in love. But that's, the, the reality is, you know, dating is hard. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. It wasn't easy for, any, for me. It wasn't easy for anybody. You can and probably go back to all recorded history and, and how dating has changed throughout the years, it's still difficult, right? But I think today it, it has a different degree of difficulty. This generation right now, this, this generation that is kind of the dating pre-marriage phase is, uh, is taking longer than any generation in recorded history to actually get married. And it comes down to the fact that dating is hard and dating is, is scary. You know, we have all this technology that is meant to bring us together and meant to provide more connection but what it has done has, has created awkwardness when it comes to social interaction. And so we have this, this connectedness that is kind of surfacy. And so when it comes to actual interpersonal connectedness um, in real life, it's, it's scary. And so when you ask people what's the reason that, that they're you know, putting off marriage, the reasons come down to either they're afraid of divorce, they're afraid of marriage messing them up, because they have seen that maybe with their parents or other people, or they're afraid of how they, they don't know how to communicate with their significant other. They don't know how to talk 
because we text all the time. We, that's what we do, right? And, and, and so we're going to have people who are married sitting on opposite ends of the couch texting each other. And that's the kind of the world that we live in. And then there's this ambiguity of everything. You know, when we approach the idea of dating, do I ask her out? You know, do I, do I ask her to go hang out? Do I ask specifically for a date? Do I text her? Do I call her? You know, do I email her? What is the right approach to, to doing this? There's so many options that makes everything so difficult. So dating in real life, is just hard. And, and the, the reality of it, though, is, is that it's essential. It's really important. And we tend to kind of think of dating as just this little fun time. But in reality, it, it's, it's very important to know who you're going to link your life with for eternity and to know that you're making the right choice. And so when you think of it that way, it's a lot of pressure, right, to think of it. But the process is, is where you're kind of deciding who you want to run life's race with. And it comes down to this, that dating is not a status but it's a process of evaluating personal character and chemistry. There's kind of two main things determining character and chemistry. It's, it's, a, it's a process of looking for someone to love, not a product to consume. Because the thing is, like, if you go out and, and poll people as to what it is that you, who's the ideal person that you want to marry? Well, these girls, you know, you ask a girl and she's going to have a list of, of of characteristics that she looks for in a guy. You know, she wants a guy that's tall, but not too tall. She wants him to be handsome, but not so pretty that he's prettier than her. She wants a guy that is very, you know, that has a six pack abs. You know, that's kind of a given. He has to have that. He has to have money, but not too much money because she doesn't want, you know, that to be all about money, but she wants enough money to take care of her. She wants somebody who is, who is funny and charming, but not so funny that he's goofy. And, and so there's this list of all these characteristics. And then you ask, you know, ask a guy what he wants in a girl and he wants her to look a certain way, be shorter than him because, you know, he doesn't want to be her of a girl that's tall than him. He wants a girl that wants to do everything that he does. You know, she's into sports, into hunting, into fishing, into everything that I love to do. And so we list all these characteristics that creates this perfect person and they don't exist, right? There is no perfect person. Now you're thinking, you're, you're, you're nudging your, your significant other and thinking, yeah, yeah, I got you. You're, you're my perfect person. Well, that's nice brownie points, but in reality, there's no perfect person, right? There's really no perfect person. But the, the cool thing about it is that God creates somebody for everybody that is going to get married. He creates that perfect person. It's so they're, they're perfect to you, but they're not maybe ever perfect on your list of characteristics. So what it is that you're, you're not looking for a list of characteristics in someone, but a person who has character before God and chemistry with you. Those are the two essentials, to have character before God and chemistry with you. And so I want to go ahead and put this out there that this is not a how to get a date message. I'm absolutely not qualified to teach you how to get a date. I can, I can assure you, I, I'm still trying to figure out how I tricked Caitlin into marrying me. But um, this is more of a how to know that you met the right person or how to meet the right person, how to determine if this is the person that you want to run life with forever. And, and so we're gonna look at those two aspects, character and chemistry. And it really boils down to the fact that you want to link your life with someone who is chasing the same cause, running in the same direction and at the same pace. Okay, those are, the, those are the essentials right there. When it comes to character, you want someone who's just running for that same cause that you are. If you have your, your Bibles, go ahead and turn. We're gonna be looking at a few things, but we're starting in Hebrews chapter 12. You know this passage. A lot of you probably don't even have to look it up. But Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about the race of life. And now we're not talking about trying to beat each other. It's just the, the path that's set before you. And, and so this is the race that, that we're talking about. And it says in chapter 12, 
Verses one and two, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. See, our life is this race, our life is this path that we are called to run with endurance. But the purpose that we have, there's one purpose that he calls out in this is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That is our purpose in this race, in this life, is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And when we do that, he's going to teach us what to do, what to say, how to do whatever it is that comes up. So we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And as believers, that is ultimately above all what we should be doing. Do we do that? No, no. Um, we, we like to think that we do, but in reality, we, we, we fix our eyes on Jesus until we get distracted. We fix our eyes on Jesus until, you know, something else comes along, either good or bad, and we, we kind of shift over that direction, and we, we come back to Jesus when we think about it or when we need it, and, and, and we, so we, we have this kind of a weaving pattern in our race as opposed to running straight toward Jesus. And, and so the, the thing is, though, when it comes to dating or looking for the one if you are running toward Jesus and you find the one, then you're probably finding a really good one. If they're running right there with you, that's probably a good sign because it comes down to allegiance. You want someone who has the same allegiance that you do. You want someone who's running in the same direction for the same cause. And we all have allegiances. We all have things that we kind of stand behind. But when it comes down to us as believers, our ultimate and first allegiance should be to Jesus Christ, right? That's where we should be focusing. That should be our ultimate allegiance. And then our, our allegiance will determine what, what things we value. Because if our allegiance is in a career, then we're going to value that thing, the things that revolve around that career. If, if our allegiance is to a boyfriend or girlfriend, then we're going to kind of value the things that make them happy or that revolves around them. If our allegiance is to a hobby, we're going to value the things around that hobby. Now, none of these things are bad. These are all good, great things. But when it comes to following scripture, it's contrary to what it says. We are called to be, have our allegiance to Jesus. We are called to fix our eyes on him. And then once we do that, our allegiance will lead to the values that Jesus holds. When we, are, when we are having our eyes fixed on him, we will value the things that Jesus values. And then we will choose goals that are going to bring us closer and closer to Jesus. And then we'll make decisions based on reaching those goals. And those decisions will in turn create the life that we live. So it comes from allegiance all the way down to those decisions that determine our life. Um, 2 Corinthians, Paul tells it this way. You don't have to turn there, but it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, um, verse 14. And he says this, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Now, if you are familiar, a lot of you probably memorized scripture along these lines, and it, it the translation that you might be familiar with is don't be unequally yoked. And and of course that term, if you're a farmer, you know what being yoked means. It's that kind of a harness type thing that is put around an animal so that they can be attached to some sort of equipment that can do farming. And the reality was that a lot of equipment required more than one animal. And so you would yoke animals together. But you had to make sure as a farmer that you would yoke two similar animals, animals that had similar strength and similar temperaments because that was the way to get the job done most efficiently. If you had an animal that was really strong and really determined and then a smaller animal that was weak and kind of just went everywhere, then 
they would suffer. One would be either dragging the slow one or the slow one would be pulling the, the, the strong one back. There would be suffering in that relationship. And so it's important to keep them equal in strength. And that is what we are called to do as believers. Now, some of you might be wondering what this is, something super spiritual. It's not, um, but I wanted to cover it up so it wouldn't distract you. Normally, I would get a volunteer, a couple of volunteers, but since we got the mask stuff going on, I, I recruited a couple other volunteers and, um, from my daughter's room. And this is Branch and Poppy. I don't know if you're familiar with Trolls, but that's Branch and Poppy. Now, the idea is, I know he didn't re- get the memo that it was WKU Day. He's a UK fan. But we'll go ahead and say that's okay. Okay, so, so Branch and Poppy have linked their lives together. You see that they are linked together. They are yoked together. And, and if they are pointing in the same direction, if they are both determined for God, if they are both fixing their eyes on Jesus, then life would be pretty good. Now, of course, we know there's no perfect life. We're going to have heart hardships. But that aside, their life, they're going to be helping each other. But if Poppy is, is more focused on Jesus than, than Branch, there's going to be some tension between that relationship. It doesn't mean the relationship will be destroyed. It just means that that is now going to weigh heavily on them. Either she's not going to be able to be as devoted to Jesus as she should be because he is holding her back, or she is going to begin to compromise to go and do the things that he is wanting her to do. And and so there becomes this tension in a relationship when you're unequally yoked, when you are with someone who doesn't have the same allegiance as you. And so the idea, the reality is that it may take time to determine that, and that's what dating is for. That's what the process of dating is all about, so that you know, you get to know someone and you get to know what their allegiance really is, because a date might present themselves really well in the beginning, right? They might say the right things and do the right things and act the right way, but when it comes down to it and you get to know them, you might see, okay, they don't treat the servers very well at, at restaurants, or, or, or they're not really you know, showing up when they say they will show up. And so you begin to see maybe characteristics that, that you don't really like. And, and that's how you get to know, is this person really someone I want to link my life with for, forever before you actually make that link? And so you, you, you want them to be a believer. If you're a believer, you want them to be a believer, but you not only want them to believe in God, you want them to be a pursuer of God. You know, it's, it's one thing to believe in God and kind of sit where you sit. But when you pursue God, you have your eyes fixed on him, and that is your allegiance. There's a big difference in that. And so anyone can say they love Jesus, but their action will tell you how much they love Jesus. So you'll never find a perfect person. That's, that doesn't exist. I know that you think your loved one is perfect, and I love my wife, and I think she's perfect. But I know in reality there's no perfect person. Uh, but, but someone who is actively pursuing Christ you know, will grow more and more into a reflection of him. And that is what you want. Second Timothy 2.22 says this. It says, um, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And in that that's what you want. You know, you want someone who will turn away, actively turn away from, from sin and who will actively pursue Christ. You know, it's, it, it, if you're dating someone and he is fighting for purity right now while you're dating, then chances are he's going to continue fighting for purity when you're married. Or if you're dating a, a girl and she is fighting for strength and wisdom from God every day, then the chances are she's going to continue doing that when you're married. Those are the kind of things that you're looking for. And, and, and it's okay to determine 
however many months in, two, three, four, five, six months in, more, that this may not be the person you want to link your life with. It's better to find that out now before you make that actual link, right? So you want to link your life with someone who is chasing the same cause, running in the same direction, and at the same pace. Pace, that's really important. Uh, You know, we think about running, and and as long as you're running in the same direction, that's great. But when it comes to pace, we don't always allow for that in in our lives, to think about that. The the reality is, if if Poppy wants to to sell all her possessions and, and move to the furthest, you know, corners of the earth to do missions work. God has called her there. She's passionate about that. And, and, but you have Branch over here who's taken the cellophane off his first Bible. There's a big difference. Now, they both believe in God and they're both passionate about God and they both want to pursue God, but they are moving at different paces. That's not a bad thing. It just means that maybe now's not the right time. Uh, maybe now's not the right time because she shouldn't compromise following God where she should go. And he needs to continue to, to grow in Christ and be discipled. And he needs to have that opportunity before he goes into pouring into other people. And so we have to make sure that our pace is, is relevant with the person that we're running with. It's, it's essential. You know, praise God that they're both seeking him, but pace is not matching up. And so, you know, if, if you're a marathon runner, you wouldn't expect someone who just went out and bought their first running shoes to be able to keep up with you. It doesn't mean they're not trying. It doesn't mean that you don't have the same goals. It's just a reality of the world that we live in and the life that we have, that sometimes the timing that we want is not exactly the timing that is meant to be. Uh, so it may not be the right moment to actually link up forever. Um, and it doesn't mean that's not the right person. It just means that it might be the wrong time. Uh, and so... If you are pursuing God above all things, if you are pursuing God first and foremost in everything that you do, you're going to find comfort in him, and you'll find that comfort is sufficient. And you don't have to try to comfort yourself with thoughts of, well, maybe if I can fix this in this relationship, it'll be better. Or maybe if I can change this about them, it'll be better. Or maybe if I just change everything about myself, it'll be better. But if you're focused and, you're, and your, your allegiance is to God first and foremost, you will seek your comfort in him and not in the hope of something that might be better later. And so if they're not running towards God and they don't have their allegiance to God or running at the same pace as you, then maybe they're not the right one or maybe it's just not the right time. But their character before God is the foundation That is how you establish whether or not this is the person that you want to link your life with forever. And then it comes down to character. Once you determine their character or their chemistry, once you determine their character before God, you need to kind of look at their chemistry with you. You know, is this chemistry is the whole, we think about chemistry as being like these sparks, you know, the, the fun stuff, you know, the, the, all the excitement, you know, you get these, these, the dopamine and the feeling of bliss and all those kinds of things, right? But the problem is we want to put chemistry as that first initial foundation. That's what the world tells us. You know, you need to have chemistry. You've got to have chemistry. But chemistry is, is kind of fleeting in reality, right? Chemistry fleets comes and goes, it's highs and lows, but when we look at character, that's where we should start with. Their integrity should be your base. That's how you determine if this is a person that I can spend the rest of my life with. And then you go on to chemistry because chemistry is, is important too. Chemistry is kind of determining, is this the kind of person that I want to hang out with forever, <laughs> forever? Do we like to talk to each other? I mean, you know, of course, right now it's all giddy and it's all exciting. And, you know, new couples, they're just giggling at each other, you know, all the time. 
There's not a lot of conversation going on. They're just looking at each other. And, and but that's going to pass. That's going to go away. It doesn't mean you don't, won't love each other as, just as deeply or be just as excited and fulfilled by each other. It just means that life catches up. And sometimes life is boring, right? Sometimes life is boring. So can you, can you see yourself being bored with this person forever? Is it okay? Can you have a conversation with this person? And so chemistry is much more than that electricity that those few moments of those, those blissful dopamine hits. It's, it's being compatible, and there's a couple things in compatibility there that are essential. As believers, compatibility it spiritually is, is, is super important. To be compatible spiritually beyond the fact that you both believe in Jesus. Because if you're going to get married and, and spend the rest of your life with this person, of course, hopefully you, you know that they believe in Jesus. But beyond that, what else do they believe? You know, do you want to worship in the same way? Do you want to worship in the same denomination? Do you want to, uh, you know, teach our kids what kind of faith essentials do you want to teach them? Do you, you know, do believe in sex before marriage? Do you believe in drinking alcohol? Do you believe in, in eternal security? You can, you can go on and on and on. And all these things while alone might not mean a lot. If you put all those together and you don't agree on all of those things, it's going to cause a strain on your relationship. And then it comes to when you have kids, how are you going to teach your kids if you believe different things? So it's essential, and I know we, we talk about this sometimes in church and we think about this, but when it comes to dating, we want to think, okay, well, next year they'll do the things that I think they should be doing. Next year, you know, we'll, we'll disciple them and then they will become a, a stronger believer or they will believe the same things that I believe or we'll work that out, you know, once we get married, we'll decide how we're gonna worship. Uh, but now is the time, while you're dating, that is the time to figure out, is this the person you want to link your life with? Are you spiritually compatible? And then you can ask, are you socially compatible? And this one might be a little bit trickier because when you find somebody or you're thinking about finding somebody, you, you typically kind of think of someone that's a lot like you. You know, you want somebody who does the same things you do or likes the same things you do, has similar interests. So almost thinking of a mirror image of yourself and, and you don't need that. You don't really want that. Um, and probably, you probably don't want somebody as, as much like you as you think. And so it comes down to the fact that you what are the non-negotiables? Uh, for Caitlin and I, you know, she, I love to be outside. I love to do things outside. I love to, you know, hike and bike and camp and all those things. And she's just not an outdoorsy person. You know, if you had asked me before we got married who I wanted to marry, I would have said, you know, one of those characteristics would have been somebody that likes all that stuff. But it doesn't matter. She'll do those things with me because she loves me. Uh, but it's not something she just wants to go out and do. And there's things that she loves, like shopping. I could, ne I, if I never walked in another mall in my life, I'd be happy. But I go with her because she enjoys those things. And so the, the reality is you have this list of characteristics that you think are, you know, you have to have to have all these things. Uh, but when you, when you find that person you want to link your life with, those characteristics aren't necessarily important. What's important is their integrity, what they believe, and who they're heading towards. And, and then, you know, do you, do you get along with each other? And, and so... I guess essentially it can come down to this one, this one question. Are we sharpening each other and making each other better? When you are dating or when you're considering someone to date, are you sharpening each other and you, are you making each other better? And it seems like obvious that that would be the case, but there are so many relationships. I've been through you know, several counseling sessions where it's obvious to look out from the outside in to see that they are not making each other better. They are not healthy for each other, but they want it so badly because this person matches so many of those characteristics. And the reality is that maybe that's not the right person, or maybe the reality is it's just 
they're not ready for that. So you have to understand, you know, are you helping each other? Are you making each other better? You have to stop shopping for that right person and just start praying for that right person. Uh, one more passage, Proverbs 3. You know this passage very well, I'm sure, too. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Now, this, I think, is the key to dating, the key to any relationship. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. If you look at verse six right there again, seek his will in all you do, especially dating. He will show you which path to take. Now, I know yours probably didn't say especially dating like mine does, but it says in all you do. So dating is one of those things you do, right? We tend to kind of just think, okay, I'll seek God in the godly things in life. But dating is one of the most important parts of, of processes of life, and we need to seek him first in that. So if you are pursuing your allegiance to God in your dating life, he will show you which path to take. He will show you the right person to pursue. And, and, and that just think, if you are pursuing God first and foremost, and you match up with somebody who's doing the same thing, can you imagine how powerful that can be? So I know it's easy to say, I've, I've been through that you know, years ago. So I know it's easy to say if you're in that dating phase right now that, yeah, yeah, it's easy to say that you've been through that. You now have a wife, you, you know, you don't have to deal with the things that I deal with. But understand this, I have walked in your shoes. I have been through that dating process and, and, and I have learned from many mistakes. But I found that no matter how many boxes, you know, I could check off for those characteristics lists that, you know, somebody might have had, if, if, it was, if she wasn't going in the same direction that I was, then it didn't work. No matter how hard we might have tried to make it work, it didn't work. Probably the best advice I got, and it's not a secret, and I've heard this several times since, but uh, someone told me when I was, I was dating, I was in my early 20s, and I was really wanting to find a, a wife. And, and I thought, you know, you know I'm, I was be, going to become an, an old man and not get married and, you know, panicking. And so I was just kind of just de- in that desperate mode. And, and, and they told me, they said, you know, if you stop looking, if you would invest the amount of time that you are worrying and, and stressing and looking into your relationship with God, then I guarantee you he will, he will bring you the right person at the right time. And, and, and so I began to do that. I began to, and I, of course, I struggled back and forth some, but I began to really pour into that. And every time I began to think about or stress about that, I would just pray for her, whoever she happened to be. I would pray for her that she would be ready when the time came, when we met, that, that God would pour into her. I prayed for me that I would be preparing and prepared for that time when we finally met. And then one day, you know, I look up and there she is. And that's just kind of how it happens. And I know everybody's story is different, but she was this amazing girl who was running in the same direction that I was. She, was, she had the same allegiance that I had. She was, was running at the same pace that I was. She had integrity. She had whatever I was looking for. And all of those little lists that I had made in my mind, I don't even, they didn't matter at all. Whether she fit in those molds or not, it didn't matter because I knew that this is the one. And, and, and our chemistry worked out. And, and I know that I, I love my wife wholeheartedly. And, I, and I, I believe if you went out and asked her right now, she would tell you the same thing about me. But the truth is, I don't find my peace in her. I love her so much, but I do not find my peace in her. I do find peace in her, and I do enjoy her, and she brings me joy, and she brings me comfort, but my ultimate peace is not from her. And, and she would tell you the same thing. 
the thing is, we find first our peace in God and we go to him and our love for each other is, is, is what is pouring out from our love for God. You know, if we pour our love and everything that we have into God, he is going to fill us up with so much that will pour out into every relationship that we have. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but just try it. I challenge you to try that. If you love God more than you love your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, I guarantee he will bless that. That doesn't mean that the relationship's gonna be easy, because it, none of them are, but he will bless that. So we, we are to find our peace in God first. You are to find your peace in God first. So if you are in that dating phase right now and you want to find the right person that, that God has for you, then run the race that's set before you and fix your eyes on Jesus. And then somebody's gonna come along that's doing the same thing, that has their allegiance on God, that has their focus on God, that has their, uh, you know, their pace is, is matching you. And that is when God will show you some amazing things. So ultimately, fix our eyes on Jesus first. Would you pray with me? God, we love you so much. I thank you for the gift of relationships that you have given us, God. I thank you for my wife and my relationship and my journey and our journey. And I pray for those who are in this phase. I, I pray for those who are, who are seeking your will in their life for, for you know, the person that they should link their life up with forever. I pray that you give them wisdom. And ultimately, I pray for every person that can hear my voice that they will pour their allegiance into you, God. I pray that they will turn their eyes on you and fix their eyes on you first and foremost, God. And then in turn, they will find someone who is, who is running the same race, running at the same pace, and, and, and is in love with you as well, God. And I pray that they find each other in your time. And I pray for others who are, who are engaged already or are married already, God, that you can begin to show them what a true relationship is, God. We love you, and I thank you for the gift of love, God. And we ask these things in your son's name. Amen.